In last week's episode of Growth School, we talked about how to define and identify your core values. So my question for you this week is, have you ever gone through a process like that, either in your current company or in a past company, where you identified them during some kind of strategic planning process, and then nothing happened? Probably. In fact, most small businesses aren't really good about really installing core values into their company. So what I want to do for you today is to solve that problem. I want to make sure that the values that you want installed to be the culture of your company actually get installed. And for that, we're going to have to do five things. But before we get to the five things that you need to do to install this set of core values into the culture of your company, I want to talk to you about two classic mistakes. And the way I want to talk to you about these two classic mistakes is I want to share two stories. And then after each story, I'll share with you the classic mistake. So the first story comes from a company here in Mount Pleasant that I was recently meeting with their top team, and they had gone through a process of identifying and developing their core values. They'd actually defined each one of the words, what they meant, and they'd actually come up with a list of examples of what each one of those core values looked like. So they checked all three boxes from what we discussed in last week's episode. By the way, if you haven't seen last week's episode, make sure you catch that as well. So they had done all the good work. So my question to them was, in this meeting, so how are you going to begin to install this in your company? And their answer was, well, we have an all-hands meeting coming up, and in that meeting, we're going to kind of walk through what the values are and how we define them and what some examples are. I said, that's great. I said, then what? Pin drop. Like, no one responded anywhere. It's the deer in the uh, headlight look that they were giving me. At that point, I said, well, there's got to be another plan. They said, we don't have anything. What else do we do? <laughs> because most people think that you can install by simply introducing, and that's the mistake. You can't install simply by introducing. If you want to install core values as the culture of your company, the 24-7, 365 driver of your company, then you actually have to work on it 24-7, 365. It's not a one-day event. It, kind of back in my old pastoral preaching days, um, when I would do a wedding ceremony, one of my lines would be, remember, a wedding does not a marriage make, right? A marriage is 365, a wedding is a day. Introducing your core values is a good thing, but it's far from complete. There's a great book written years ago called Managing Transitions by a guy named William Bridges, and he talks about this classic problem with leaders where we work on something and we talk about it over and over again, and then we introduce it, but by the time we introduce it, we're ready to move on to the next thing, but all the people in our company, it's the first time they're hearing about it. But that happens when people introduce core values. We've talked about it, we've thought about it, and now we're ready to move on, but our people, they're just hearing about it. You can't install core values. You can't create culture from one talk. You can't create it by putting some core values up on the wall um, or, you know, occasionally talking about them. Like, if you want to install them, this is a 24-7, 365 thing. So, mistake number one, thinking that installing is introducing. Mistake number two. Back when I left pastoral ministry, one of the first engagements I had for speaking was at a company, and uh, they wanted me to come in and speak about leadership. No problem. But I was young, and the managing partner of this company said, hey, why don't you come and interview each one of our board members beforehand? I thought, okay, I'm new at this game. Sounds like a great idea. I probably wouldn't do that these days, but I did back then. So I went and interviewed each one of those people for half an hour. And what was interesting is that of the 10 people that I interviewed, 
roughly around half of them, at some point during our half hour discussion, looked at this little glass pyramid of the core values of this company, and they picked them up. They literally picked that little pyramid up and said, this is bunk, or this is a set of lies, or we don't believe this. It was mind-blowing. These are the top leaders. They didn't believe the core values. And why didn't they believe that? Well, they didn't believe it because they knew that the company wasn't enforcing it on one of their top performers, who was breaking several of the core values. And at that point, that was a mistake. Because one of the mistakes that people make consistently is thinking that installing doesn't involve enforcement. If you want to install your core values, they have to be things that you're willing to enforce. And if you're not willing to enforce it on a key player, it's not really a core value. It's kind of like back in your old high school days. My guess is you had a high school football team and that high school football team you know, had a couple star players. And they had a bunch of rules that if you broke these rules then you had to sit out the next game. And that worked well until like one of those star performers all of a sudden, maybe the quarterback or the running back or one of the wide receivers broke you know, some kind of infraction, stayed out after curfew or something. And the coach went bench them because, well, they lose the game. Well, that's what you realized were the real values. It wasn't about the thing that was the infraction. It was about winning. And so if you're not willing to hold somebody accountable, that's not really a core value. That's how you really know if it's core. Am I willing to fire somebody over this thing? So the mistake number two, thinking that installing doesn't involve enforcement. It absolutely does. So once you get past those two mistakes, now we can talk about how do you actually install your core values as part of the culture. Now remember, I said this is a 24-7, 365 thing. It's not about putting something up on the wall. It's not about making glass pyramids. It's not about you know, introducing it in all-hands meeting. It's something that you have to do all the time. And there are five things that you have to be doing all the time. So here they are. Number one, stories. Cultures always built on stories. Every group of people anywhere in the world, they all have national stories about who they are as a country or as a tribe or as a city or as a family. If you go back and say, hey, this is Greco-Roman culture, how do we know? Because there are a series of stories that were told generation after generation. This is what we do. If you ever watched the movie The 300, you remember that the discussion was, we're Spartans, and Spartans do what? Well, they were telling the story about how Spartans act and what Spartans do, and therefore this is what Spartan culture looks like. Culture is always built on stories. What's interesting in America right now is you know, some of the stories are changing, and so the culture is changing because the stories are changing. The stories that I heard when I was in elementary school, the stories that people hear today, are very different stories. You're going to have a different culture because culture is always built on story. That means that you need to go back and start thinking about if I have a set of core values, let's say collaboration. Well, what are some stories I can tell from the early days about collaboration? What are some stories I can tell today about collaboration? Whatever the core value is, find some stories you can tell about that. If it's about speed, what are some stories about speed? If it's about uh, resiliency, if it's about resourcefulness, if it's about anything, you got to find stories about that thing. Now, the cool thing about stories is that you need to have both positive and negative. If you ever read the Bible, you know that there are plenty of examples, some positive, a lot more negative. Because we learn not just from the positive example, we also learn from the negative example. So when something wasn't excellent, we need to tell that story as well, because we need to say that's what we avoid, this is who we are, 
we're not non-excellent, we're excellent, right? You have to find stories, both good and bad, to tell over and over and over again. The cool part is that all the stories don't have to be from you. You can read something in the newspaper or in a magazine, watch something on TV, see something on a movie and in a sporting event, and be able to tell the story as well. But you have to tell stories all the time that emphasize whatever that group of values are. If it's generosity and you read a story about a company that did something incredibly generous, you got to come back and share that story because this is who we are. Just like that company, this is who we are. We're a company built on generosity. So number one is always story. You've got to find stories every week. Okay, don't think I can share you know a story once or twice a year. No, if you want this to be your culture, this is your job every week. How can I tell stories all the time about culture and the values that we have? So that's number one. Number two is about modeling. It's about modeling. You know, everybody knows, we get not what we want, we get what we model to other people. Like they're watching and they're reproducing. So if you say that your culture is collaboration, but you're not very collaborative, that's going to be a problem. If you say that it's about speed and you're the person who's slow, it's not going to happen. If your culture is about consistency and you're inconsistent, it's just not going to happen. People do what people see. So they're looking at you all the time. That means that you have to be the Uber model for your company of whatever those core values are. If you've got five of them, all five have to be true of you all the time with your people. If integrity is it, you need to model integrity all the time. Like you can never, ever lie, ever, okay? Because people are watching and they're observing your behavior because they're figuring out this is what really matters around here. That's why in a smaller company with only a handful of people, um, it's easier to build culture because everyone's observing it. But as you start to get to 10, 12, 15, 20 or more employees, it becomes harder and harder because everyone's not connected to you all the time. But they're going to see you from afar. Every time they see you, they need to see you modeling consistently whatever those core values are. So if you need to make some adjustments, make them fast because that is your culture. So first, it's about stories. Secondly, it's about modeling. The third thing, it's about training. Training. Almost all of us make the mistake that we think that everyone is like us. Really bad idea. We all project on other people. When somebody comes to your company, you don't know what their core values ultimately are. You might even ask during the interview process, which you should. You should even evaluate against that. But at the end of the day, you can't assume that they know exactly what you mean by X. So if it's about consistency, you've got to train people in consistency. If it's about excellence, you need to train people in how to produce excellent work. If it's it's about professionalism, you need to explain what does it mean to be a professional. You can't assume that just because someone went to college or grad school, they know exactly what professionalism looks like in your context. It's your job to train them. That means from the moment onboarding it begins until they leave your company, there should be a constant set of trainings where you're consistently helping people become the kind of person you want them to be. No assumptions here. Just do it. Okay. So number one, you got to tell lots of stories. Number two, you got to model it. Number three, you got to train for it. Number four, you need to reward for it. Right. You know the classic management myth. I mean, the, the rule, which is people do what gets rewarded. Almost everyone figures out pretty quickly whatever gets rewarded, I should do more of that thing because people want to be rewarded. Now, some of the reward might be financial. It might be like if you want to move to this next possession, position and the position after that and the position after this, you know, part of the evaluative process is how are they doing on those core values and are they modeling that kind of behavior? So they're going to get rewarded moving up the ladder by being able to demonstrate clearly that they own these 
set of core values. That would be a great way to reward people. But the easiest way to reward people is just noticing. It's the ability for you, the leader, to say to somebody, hey, I noticed that you did something excellent there. I saw that you're lifting up our core value of excellence. Great job. I noticed that you were um, modeling over here collaboration, and, and therefore, I, I just want to tell you, I appreciate you so much for lifting up our core values. So you're, you're taking the praise, the reward, and you're connecting it to the fact of, that this is our core value, whatever that core value is going to be. If it's about perseverance, hey, I noticed how you hung in there. A lot of people would have given up, but you hung in there. You stuck with it. You carried it until completion. You lifted up our core value of perseverance. Great job. So your job to reward people by noticing and mentioning it or writing it out on a card or creating some uh, awards for your company where you're lifting up people who are demonstrating these things, those are the kinds of things that will allow you to build this culture, this 24-7, 365 driver of your business because you didn't just put it up on a wall. You're constantly week in and week out rewarding people or, or maybe you do a weekly video uh, with your team and you just say, hey, I just wanted to lift up uh, Sally this week because this past week um, she went out of her way to do something incredibly generous for one of our customers. Explain what it was. Hey, Sally, thank you so much for lifting up our core value of uh, generosity. So you just find lots of little ways to reward people uh, for the fact that they're lifting up those core values. So that's number four. The fifth and the final one, though, is probably as much as I you know, would like to say all five of them are just equally as important. Number five might actually be the most important, and that's enforcement. Because if you don't enforce something, it's not really core, right? When we're saying this is our core value, this is our culture, this is something that we should be willing to fire somebody about. So when I told you that story about interviewing those 10 leaders at this one company before, that was the problem. They weren't willing to fire a star performer because this person consistently was breaking their values. Therefore, everybody knew that it was a lie. This wasn't core. If something is core, you should be willing to, to penalize somebody for it and, in fact, fire them. Like in my case, one of my core values is integrity. I don't mind bad news, but you lie to me, you're done. right? I can't trust you if you lie to me. So for me, integrity is that much of an important core value. I have no problem firing anybody on that issue. And any of your core values, you should feel the same way. That's how you know it's core. Am I willing to fire somebody? Am I willing to take my best performer and say, you know, you're under a pip or you're done. One or the other, right? You might give somebody a second chance, but you can't give them a whole lot of chances because then people are going to keep breaking in and move on. So you just need to say, hey, this is core. This is a fireable offense if you don't demonstrate this. That means that if you've got a star performer and it's about collaboration and they always work on their own, you need to say to them, listen, if you do not start working with the rest of the team, your time here is almost over. Otherwise, what you're saying is we reward achievement. That's our real value, not collaboration. The way all of your people know what's core is by what you enforce. And you should enforce it all the time. So if excellence is your core value and something is less than excellent, you need to call somebody on the fact that this is less than excellent. The cool part, by the way, is that once you hold people accountable, uh, they realize that they need to up their game and then not a problem. So you don't have to ride people all the time about something being wrong because once you explain this is wrong and you hold them accountable to it every time, they fix it and they adjust because most people always revert to the lowest level of accountability. So if you want to be able to create a culture where your core values are installed, then it's pretty simple. There are five things you need to do on a consistent basis. Number one, you need to make sure that you tell stories about it all the time. Number two, 
You need to be making sure that you're modeling that. Number three, you need to train people consistently about it. Number four, you need to reward people for lifting up those core values. And then number five, you need to enforce them. You need to hold people accountable to them. And by the way, a simple way of holding people accountable to it is you never hire anyone who doesn't meet one of those core values. Like you're enforcing the culture by making sure you only hire people who already believe that set of core values. So there you go. Those five things that you can do on a consistent daily, weekly, monthly basis to install your core values. It's not about introducing them one time. It's about those five things consistently done over time. Then you create the culture that you want. And then you don't have to be there managing and overseeing people all the time because they already know the right thing to do. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Growth School. If you did and you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you hit the uh, subscribe button, whether you're listening by podcast or watching on YouTube. And if you know some other business owners who might benefit from this podcast or video series on Growth School, make sure you share it with them as well. And uh, make sure you come back next week when we have another episode of Growth School, because my commitment to you is to help you grow and scale a self-operating business that can double every 12 to 36 months. So until our next episode, to your accelerated success, Bruce out.